Hello and welcome to The Alcohol File, a podcast series that explores how we can better understand the impact of alcohol in our lives. This podcast is provided by Alcohol Action, Ireland's leading independent advocate for reducing alcohol harm. I'm your host, Eunan McKinney, and today, along with a terrific panel of guests, we will explore a number of issues relating to the economic impact of alcohol use. With persistent promotion of alcohol throughout Irish society, it is arguable that many are conditioned into a belief that drinking is somehow the elixir to a happy life, or our economic prosperity is reliant on the alcohol industry's continued success. But what are the economic impacts of our harmful use of alcohol? What is the economic cost to a society that leaves such excessive use of alcohol unchecked? And what is the untold story of the external harms from others drinking? So to discuss these issues and to help us understand some of the complex economic consequences, I'm delighted to be joined by Avik Bhattacharya and Professor Joe Barry. Avik is the Chief Economist at the Social Market Foundation in the UK and a former Senior Policy Analyst at the Institute of Alcohol Studies, where he has undertaken some very interesting work on the role of alcohol in the economy, the distributable effects of alcohol taxes, and earlier this year contributed to a WHO Europe report on recommended policy actions on alcohol policy. Joe Barry is an adjunct professor of public health medicine at Trinity College Dublin, but has also but is also a long-standing board member of Alcohol Action. Joe has worked tirelessly over the last two decades to advance public health policy and has made an enormous contribution to reducing alcohol harm throughout Irish society. Avik, thanks for joining us today. I'm really delighted to have your contribution as we've admired your work with the Institute of Alcohol Studies for a long time and I've always been struck by the clarity of your own uh, comprehensive analysis on the impact of alcohol on the economy. And I suppose in that context, the title of today's podcast may well be a subjective declaration. However, I, I think it's probably fair to say that while at an individual level, a drinker may perceive a short-term positive and obviously at a national level, some economic benefits are gathered, there are many negative costs and consequences accruing from our persistent harmful use of alcohol. What I think we can call the bad economics of alcohol. So maybe we can begin there and perhaps you might give us a brief insight into your work and some thoughts on what is the economic impact versus the negative impact and the consequences of alcohol use across our society. Sure. Um... I like the title that you've chosen for today's podcast very much, this idea of uh, bad economics, because it has a double meaning. Um, on the one hand, you have the kind of the negative economic consequences, which we're probably going to spend uh, quite a lot of time discussing. But also there's bad economics in the sense of uh, people misunderstanding economics or 
applying economic con- um, concepts uh, and misapplying them uh, and people just analysing uh, what is going on kind of incorrectly from it from an economic point of view. And it's probably helpful to start where, where I started. So uh, I just um, just completed five years uh, working at the Institute of Alcohol Studies, just, just left a couple of weeks ago. And um, the Institute of Alcohol Studies is primarily a public health organisation. It's an advocacy organisation that works for advocating um, policies to reduce alcohol harm, much, much like alcohol uh, action. Um, and something that I found kind of quite early on is that public health groups, I think, have a bit of a tendency to be a little bit scared of the economic arguments. They tend to be quite comfortable on the health grounds of saying that these are all the costs on the healthcare system. These are all the kind of the, the social costs to some extent. But as soon as you start talking about pounds and pence or euros and cents, there's a bit of a sense that that's the industry's natural terrain. That's where they're most comfortable. And so really what got me started in this line of work was trying to kind of follow the industry onto that ground and see, well, actually, are these claims that are commonly made, the idea that industry is super important to the economy, that it makes all these big contributions, that that it brings in all the jobs uh, and the tourism and the trade, how how much kind of credence should we give those, those claims? And do they really stack up from an economic point of view? Um, so to turn to your question about what is the role of the alcohol industry in the economy, I think it's helpful firstly to distinguish three different sorts of um, costs and benefits. And these often get kind of run together just because anything that has uh, a financial figure on it, anything that you put a euro against, people get these quite confused. But it's helpful to distinguish firstly what's happening at the economic level. So to what extent is the alcohol industry helping make us richer or poorer? Is it creating jobs? Is it kind of helping the trade balance? And that's to do with what's the impact on the economy. There's a second kind of related but separate question, which is what is the impact of the alcohol industry on the public finances? So what is it bringing in in tax? What is it costing the uh, the, the government in terms of government spending and, and kind of cleaning up some of the some of, some of the damage it might do? Uh, And the third element is what economists call the external costs. So what is the cost not to the drinker, but to someone other than the drinker? And economists have a particular interest in these external costs because they generally believe that these are the ones that are not covered by the market price and so particularly justify intervention in the market. So so if we start with the first of those, uh, which is the one I'm probably going to talk in, in a bit more detail, is what is the impact of the alcohol industry on the economy? Well, like any other sector, like any other set of businesses, um, it brings in each income, it pays out wages, uh, it creates economic activity, uh, it produces a good that people want to buy and, and so adds to their consumer welfare, as economists would put it, in that sense, as far as it is a product that people want to buy. Um, it creates jobs in, in producing uh, this product. Um, it kind of... Is it it, uh, contributes to trade balance insofar as it produces exports, insofar as it encourages tourism. But unlike many other industries, unlike most other industries, as as you'll be aware, alcohol obviously has these negative effects. There are social effects, there are health effects, which also kind of have economic consequences. So insofar as harmful drinking leads to people dying younger, uh, insofar as it takes them out of the workforce because they're not capable of working, insofar as it reduces their productivity, uh, 
all of those things are negative effects on the economy. And so there's kind of this balance to be struck in terms of when we look at the alcohol, uh, the impact of the alcohol industry in the economy, generally in their public statements, the industry is very keen to focus on that kind of positive side, the jobs and the income uh, and the trade balance and the taxes that they pay. But we kind of need to weigh that against the negative effects, the kind of impact on taking people out of the workforce, uh, reducing productivity um, and kind of the costs that they're uh, imposing um, on the taxpayer indirectly because of the of, of the, the damaging effects of harmful drinking. Very good, very good. Yeah, that's it. that's that's that kind of covers a a very good introduction. Thank you for that. And and Joe, maybe we could bring you in at this point, maybe just to pick up some of those latter themes that Avic has outlined there in terms of, you know, the work. I know that the work that you've been doing, obviously, in the past with. Dr. Anne Hope and, and Sean Byrne in, in what was a, a seminal report published by the HSE some time ago back in 2018, which was the untold story, which sought to, you know, ex- certainly outline some of the harms experienced by the Irish population due to others drinking. And obviously, specifically in the context of what Vic was talking about and the harmful impacts of that cost or the harmful implications on, on the economy is the burden that, that that drinking imposes at an interpersonal level. So I think that that report is, was was very interesting and, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that and, and some of the work that you did on that area. Okay, thank you, Yunan, and thank you, Avik. Um, I suppose I'm a citizen of Ireland and I work in the public health system and I have seen at first hand, you know, the harms that alcohol causes in Ireland, and that's what motivated me to get involved at an advocacy level about 20 years ago, um, when alcohol first became a public health issue, but before that it really wasn't. So just in terms of the background, I, I don't have any training. I did one certificate course in economics in in Aberdeen about 25 years ago, 30 years ago, but I'm a medical doctor and a public health uh, advocate now. And uh, as Avik said, more comfortable in the health area than the economic area. But I do recognise the economic issues are quite important uh, as part of the bigger picture if you're trying to advocate for change with politicians. So um, myself and Anne Hope, a colleague of mine, got together and uh, persuaded the health service executive to fund study. We've done two studies in relation to economics. One, very briefly, I'll mention, which was done on 2007 data published in 2011 um, by Sean Byrne, an economist in in DIT, where he was looking at the overall impact of alcohol, not just harm to others, but at the overall impact. And um, just a few headline figures, about 3.7 billion euro per annum was the cost in Ireland, which was uh, 1.2 billion was healthcare costs and 1.2 billion was the costs associated with crime. Uh, there was a half a billion from road traffic accidents and a third of a billion from absenteeism and a fifth of a billion from workplace accidents. So the workplace suffers badly from alcohol in Ireland, a healthcare system suffers badly and the criminal justice system. But uh, we decided then... Um, 
With the success of the environmental tobacco legislation in Ireland in the a decade and a half ago, that we should try and examine alcohol from the point of view of alcohol harms to others, as the smoking legislation had done in, in relation to smoking is harm to others. And I suppose the reason why looking at harms to others, external harms, is important because it does undermine hugely the libertarian view that says, I, I can drink as much as I like, I'm a sentient adult and nobody can tell me how to behave personally. Well, that doesn't really hold water if your drinking or anybody's drinking is doing harm to others. So we again uh, spoke to the health service executive uh, who, who funded a study that was done uh, along a WHO template and we had a lot of input from Robin Room, one of the global leaders in alcohol policy. And that was a study that we entitled the untold, the untold Story and where we were really focusing in, uh, obviously at a quantitative level, this, the, the methodology for the second study was a, was a, a population-based survey where we asked a whole lot of questions of a sample of 2,000 people in Ireland on harms to others. Um, and uh, we found a very, very interesting quantitative data. And I suppose we should always stress behind quantitative data, there are personal stories. So just very briefly to give you some of the headline items that we found, and we can come back to those again uh, briefly. Um, just 860 million euro. This, the data was collected in 2015, and the report, the untold story, was published in 2018. So the 860 million was the what I, what I would call the minimum cost, the the quantifiable cost, uh, and we really divided things into tangible harms and psychological harms. There was almost a half a million was on caring for the drinker. There was a lot of help-seeking behaviour um, required, particularly of carers. Um, there were out-of-pocket expenses for people who weren't doing the drinking themselves but had to mop up and cover for other people. Um, there was seeking of health care on the part of people who were living with somebody else who was drinking. And again, the, the workplace featured prominently where people had to cover uh, for other people's drinking in work. And historically in Ireland, we have always covered for colleagues who drink a lot because we have a lot of experience of it. And um, they, so the, those were hidden costs in a sense because everybody covered up. My own profession, medicine, has had a big problem with alcohol use uh, and we'd historically covered for each other. So there was a lot of hidden um, expenditures incurred by people who weren't themselves drinking. So, Joe, if I can, can I bring you back briefly to a couple of specific issues you raised there that I think are of interest to highlighting the untold burden on those around the drinker and the economic cost of that alcohol harm? You know, you, you mentioned the, the personal stories that lie behind the quantitative data. And of course, this experience of harm to others are the related financial burden and the costs is not well, not particularly well understood, I think. So perhaps you could explain the types of incidents that occur and how the costs are incurred. 
Okay, well, the first headline, I suppose, is to say about one in five respondents in our study reported one or more negative offence due to others' drinking that had a financial burden and cost to them. Uh, a financial, not to mind, traumatic and psychological. And I suppose any of these harms are really a minimum estimate. But the types of things that uh, stood out for us when we when we looked at this was, first of all, traffic accidents have a, quite a high out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, we estimated that's about 12 million euro. Um, and that's basically one person drink driving, either injuring a passenger in their own car that they know or a stranger that they hit on the road. Um, another example is property damage. Um, and then again, this is due to other people's drinking, which um, a, there's lots of, if you read any court reports, uh, alcohol features quite commonly in, in crime in Ireland. Uh, and we quantified that the property damage component at about 40 million euro per year. So that is a lot. A lot of people drink alcohol at harmful levels and they're causing a lot of damage to their fellow citizens. Stolen money or stolen property, again linked to alcohol, uh, criminal activity, 24 million euro. Um, things then that you mightn't think are quite as important, but they all add up uh, ruined clothes and other belongings. Um, that could be through fires or other reasons, um, and and that that was quite common, uh, reported by about ten percent of people, and totaling uh, an estimate of about thirty four million euros. So the, these are all what we call out of pocket expenses. They're expenses, financial costs, accruing to one person because of somebody else's drinking, um, as. A, in general, the, uh, there are two types of other drinkers. There's people that are known to the person who suffers, and there's people who are unknown, like random attacks or random violence. The latter tends to be more commonly experienced by males because maybe they're more involved in street fights and things like that and violence. Uh, and uh, women report more that the, the, the harmful drinker in their life is, is known to them. Um, and quite often, obviously, a partner. So, so these are considerable, diverse categories of harms that occur in this country of ours because so many people are drinking at levels that are uh, very high, and, and also uh, these are sort of secret issues as well. We we called the report, as we mentioned, the untold story because these are stories that aren't being told and they never get factored into the, the, the you know, the economic cost of, of alcohol in sure. Ireland. You also mentioned um, earlier that, uh, you know, the workplace featured very prominently in the findings of the research. And I'm very interested in expanding some of those findings too, because I think while there's certainly a, an appreciation of the impact of alcohol on diminishing, shall we say, the productivity of the individual drinker, we tend to hear very little about the burden this accommodation of behaviour places on enterprises, organisations, or, or developing businesses and their profitability. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about some of those particular workplace costs and incidents. Yeah, we, we, we were very keen to highlight that. I mean, to, to highlight what, they, what we found. This came spontaneously from people. 
Um, we, we're a drinking culture in Ireland, for sure. Uh, and we also, at, a more, at our more charitable level, we try and cover up for colleagues who are not able to perform properly. And historically, um, uh, people who were uh, drinking to excess uh, work, work mates, male or female, tend to cover for them. It's happened in my own profession, um, where alcohol use in, in doctors is quite high. And that's now been that's been dealt with by the medical council in a sort of a pastoral way. But um, the types of workplace costs that were incurred, and these this is something that never gets mentioned by the employers uh, who represent the drinking uh, companies, that about one in seven workers reported experiencing problems due to the drinking of co-workers. So one in seven, that's high. The types of things, people having problems with co-workers who weren't functioning properly if they were, say, absentees or that they were not working effectively when they were at work or that they were unsafe. Um, people felt that their own productivity was reduced because they were trying to do the work of others. And also, they, you know, it, it, it upsets people's mood and that, you know, if you have a drunk person, or a person who's who's harmed by drinking, it, it actually affects everybody. It, it lowers the tone. Um, uh, then people have to work extra hours to cover for others because, you know, most people who work have a sense of duty and they want to see the job done. And if there's one in their midst who's not doing the work, that falls, that burden falls on the others. And people are sort of, I suppose, generally reluctant to complain. You know, we're a, we are basically a fairly charitable nation and we... You know, we try and uh, not complain and not be uh, reporting people, and that's and that's a good trait to have, and that's of course has been maybe unconsciously used by drinkers, um, uh, and it facilitates drinking. Now, a lot of a lot of workplaces are beginning to cavil against that and say, no, this is not good enough anymore, and the workers are saying the same, some trade unions are saying the same, some people have had to take days off work because of this, and you get stress. And then, uh, of course, uh, as, a, as another and more serious level, uh, uh, heavy drinking co-workers are dangerous from the point of view of causing accidents uh, and are having, you know, a close call. And, uh, you know, some professions and some jobs, of course, this is much more important than in others. Some jobs are very critical and a minority of professions have uh, and, and, and workplaces have a sort of some statutory provisions to, to to take people who are harmed harm who are harming others because of their drinking off the off the, the workplace off the work floor so um again this this was estimated at about 122 million and of course uh, all even a single day's absenteeism that actually adds up and where a lot of these will be short time somebody taken off early somebody maybe taking two days off these all add up uh, in this country because it's so prevalent. And the it, again, it, it upsets people who are trying to do a, a, an honest day's work. And again, it's something that we think needs to be a greater attention. Um, I think the employers' organisations have a role to, to play. They should have a role to play. Um, uh, but they, they don't speak. I have never in all my time working in this area had somebody from the uh, the employers organizations who who support the drinks industry complain about absenteeism and the problems of alcohol at work and i think that's something 
it falls to trade unions, it falls to public health people and others to highlight these issues. I think if you could just maybe talk to us a little bit about some of the particular issues that you research in relation to the economic cost around drinking and the loss of productivity in particular, I'm thinking of. And I'm always struck in that kind of conversation how we we fail to recognize that loss of productivity and that, you know, business interests in particular will tend to neglect that particular loss of productivity. And more broadly, I suppose, there's also the loss of potential. You know, what I would say is that, you know, we, we tend to dismiss the impact, but the impact also has a particular outcome in relation to a loss of creativity and enterprise potentially to the economy. So maybe we can talk a little bit about the, the kind of the four big issues that are there, the presenteeism, the absenteeism, the impact on unemployment and, and those areas. Yeah, but before we get into that, it, yeah. it's probably worth. Uh, I think there's there's an important kind of uh, asymmetry between the costs and the, and, and the benefits uh, in terms of the, the economic um, impact of of alcohol. Um, so, as you say, the industry is very very keen to emphasise uh, the jobs and the income um, and and all of that sort of stuff. But the thing about that is, if people didn't buy alcohol, they would be buying other products instead. So if they're not spending money on alcohol, they might be spending on, on food, they might be spending money on shoes, they might be spending money on computers, like whatever it is. And those businesses are going to gain instead. Those businesses are also going to employ people. They're also going to pay out wages. They're also going to contribute to GDP. So to some extent, the the, the benefits, the economic benefits can be replaced from elsewhere if people were drinking less alcohol. Now, that's not true in the cost side. If people we're drinking less alcohol, but buying more shoes or uh, buying more computers or more cars, whatever it happens to be. Now, some of those things carry costs, obviously, with cars, you know, there's carbon and whatnot. But um, those costs aren't necessarily going to be replicated by other industries. Um, So there is this kind of asymmetry. So it's not just that the industry wants to focus on the benefits rather than the costs. In fact, in some ways, the costs are more specific to alcohol and harder and um, if you reduce alcohol, you, you remove the costs, but you won't lose all of the benefits if people were to drink less. So you mentioned there's four major types of economic cost um, that, that people tend to focus on. Uh, so the kind of the, the kind of the biggest one, the 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 one, and it's almost a bit. Uh, it feels a bit insensitive or a bit reductive and crude to talk about this in economic terms, but. The first one is premature death. And one of the terrible things about alcohol is not just that it that it kills people, but that it tends to kill people often very young, um, often before uh, they've reached retirement age or, or, or made um, a good old age. Uh, in the UK, for example, we know that about half of the years of life um, that are lost uh, due to alcohol uh, come before people hit retirement. And so if you think about it, that is having a disproportionate effect among all the terrible things, all the terrible consequences that stem from that, that is taking people out of the workforce who could be productive and absolutely fits with your idea of lost potential. There's also kind of unemployment. So we know that rates of unemployment are higher among people who drink heavily. That's unsurprising, as you as you can imagine. Um, if you have alcohol dependence, if you have uh, kind of real problems with alcohol, um, that is going to make it harder to hold down a job, to perform effectively at a job. But again, it's, it's it's wasted human potential, as you say. 
Yeah, and, and, and in that context, I'm minded too of the, the, the work that Angus Dayton and uh, Anne Case did, you know, that recent publication, they had The Deaths of Despair. There was a terrific line in that particular book, you know, where they talk about addiction and and the, the line that addiction and dependency is, is a prison that separates its victims from a life worth living. You know, it's a particularly strong concept of that. And that, that, that idea of the loss of potential, I think, is, a, is something that's very often overlooked you know but it's hard to put an economic cost on it obviously sure yeah absolutely yeah so as i was saying so there's premature death there's unemployment um there's what economists call absenteeism which is people not not being able to show up for work because because they're uh because they're sick so everything from hangovers through to more kind of chronic um and, and severe illnesses and then there's presenteeism there's people turning up for work but performing less well than they, than, than they would ordinarily because they're feeling the kind of either long-term or short-term effects of drinking. Yeah. And in terms of the work that you had done uh, on the UK, like in, in Ireland, we've just updated some recent data in relation to absenteeism. Now, it's, it's obviously it's not a percentage issue. It's, a, it's, a, it's around 3% or 3.3%. But in total terms, it works out at over... 327,000 every year days of work days that are lost in the Irish economy, which is quite a quite a staggering figure in, in, in some respects. So, you know, uh, the, to quantify the cost of that is obviously, as Joe had outlined, it, you know, there is a there is a real cost in relation to a direct cost in relation to those times. But in terms of the work that you did with the UK, what was the perspective there on that sort of material? Yeah, so, so what I focused on specifically was this issue of presenteeism. So presenteeism, we, we looked at whether people had said they'd been to work hungover or under the influence of alcohol, and when they came, like how much less well they felt they performed. And uh, we found that people were generally about 40% less effective than they thought they were. And if you multiply that up over, over the whole economy, uh, you get to a figure of about it was £1.4 billion pounds was was the impact impact on the whole economy there's other work kind of related on absenteeism so using uh, there's some good uh, good data, good um, studies from nordic countries from norway and sweden where they use extremely good government data uh, looking at sickness through the population through the working population and both of those studies it's it's just a weird coincidence but they both happen to come up with the exact same figure which is that a litre increase in population alcohol consumption is associated with a 13% increase increase in sickness absences. Now, a litre is, is a big amount, but those are, the, um, but that's a pretty significant kind of economic hit if people are taking that much time off work. Yeah, indeed. And in the context of that presenteeism, that idea that, you know, people are turning up to work potentially with half a degree of productivity or are less likely to contribute to what is a, a unified force of economic good, I presume, in, in that context. And you've also, you've also done some, I'm mindful of the excellent publication that you produced with the IAS, the Who Pays the Tab and the Distribution Effects of, of UK Alcohol Taxes. And there was very interesting work in that in terms of just how the, the lower end of socioeconomic society, you know, essentially pays a, a, an undue burden or, or a less undue burden in relation to the taxes that they pay on alcohol. Can you just give us a little bit of a flavour of some of the work that you did on that? Yeah, sure. So this is kind of a common talking point, certainly in the UK, and I, I'd be surprised if it isn't in, in Ireland as well. 
um, this idea that if you put prices up on alcohol, which um, uh, I, I presume you'll cover elsewhere if you haven't done already, is one of the most effective ways, probably the most effective ways of uh, yeah. of reducing harmful drinking is, is to make it more expensive. Yeah, we're still at the process where we're trying to bring in a minimum unit pricing in Ireland. Yeah, And so a common kind of uh, attack on that is that, well, this is going to disproportionately hurt the poor. Um, you're just increasing the cost of living for them. And we hear this around alcohol taxes every every year around the budget. It's it's kind of a, a common debate that we have. And so what I did is I, I actually went to the kind of best data sources that we have in the UK and looked at, tried to estimate how much different households pay in alcohol tax and put it relative to their income uh, and their spending and see whether the, the burden actually is different between richer and poorer households. Now, the first thing to say is that richer households on average, drink more alcohol than poorer households. Yes. Um, and this is quite common among uh, among rich industrialised countries, certainly. And obviously the poor, the, 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 the lower socioeconomic group as well, tend to drink less by virtue of their, they have less disposable income to, to spend on alcohol. And also they also have a higher level of sticking within low-risk guidelines as well, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely. So if you just think about from from that, it's, it's pretty easy to figure out that if people if they're drinking less, they're paying less tax in absolute terms. It's quite hard to pay, pay more tax if you're, if you're drinking less. Now, the question is, relative to their income, are they paying more? So in absolute pounds, so it might be that the richest are paying, you know, £100, the poorest are paying £50. But if the richest are more than twice as rich then relative to their ability to pay, the, the, the burden is greater. But actually, I found that wasn't particularly the case. Um, basically, there was, there was little difference between, between the rich and the poor. And across the, the kind of distribution, um, rich and poor households pay pretty much the same amount. And certainly, if you think about the fact that that money that is, t- that is taxed doesn't just disappear, usually that goes to pay for spending. And that spending is usually more likely to benefit poorer households than richer households. Certainly, if you recycle the money from alcohol taxes in anything that's vaguely pro-poor, it's going to end up benefiting the poor more than it hurts them um, financially. I suppose to close, we might just uh, talk a little bit about just, um, you know, I'm I'm conscious that there's a particular, particularly good report produced by TASC, which looked at the health inequalities in Europe and you know, we haven't spoken too much about just the broad health inequalities and the contribution of, of, of alcohol to that. But, but, but overall, I suppose, the, pro, the point I'd like to try and finish on is just to talk a little bit about just the, the impact of the cost of alcohol consumption on just, as a percentage of GDP. And sometimes that gets, gets overlooked because of the economic contribution, the positive economic contribution. But certainly in Ireland's case, you know, we we can see that from an excise taxes point of view, you know, the re- the receipts that are annually raised are about 1.2 billion. But if you were to look at and take the metrics that is produced in the health inequalities in Europe report by task, which suggests that, you know, it could be anywhere the costs to society anywhere between 1.3% to 3.3%, you get a you get a situation in Ireland. And we know in Ireland that it's certainly north of 3.6 billion is the cost to society when you take in the direct costs and the indirect costs, um, as we talked about earlier in terms of harms to others, but also to the individual. What's your assessment of the, the likely impact in other sort of 
economies that you'd be familiar with. Is it, is it a similar sort of a scale or, or is Ireland or, and the UK a bit of an outlier in that respect? In terms of the kind of exercise that you're talking through, I, I, I did that for the UK in terms of comparing um, the estimates of the costs of, of alcohol and particularly, as I said, the external costs. So taking the kind of framing of let's assume that if people are drinking uh, for themselves then and they're only harming themselves, that's not problematic. Now, that is a simplifying assumption that I don't actually agree with, but that is kind of taking the, the kind of basic thing that everyone should agree on. And I said, even if you use that assumption and look only at the costs that fall on others, uh, then the taxes that we raise in the UK don't cover the costs to other, others, let alone the kind of benefits to individual drinkers themselves. So in the case of the UK, alcohol taxes were far lower than they ought to be. I suspect the same is true of Ireland. Yeah, well, we reckon it's kind of for every one raise, at least three have to be spent. You know, that's the, the ratio. You know. Yeah, and uh, I, I suspect the same is true across Europe, where often tax rates are even, even lower and sometimes even, even zero. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank our guests, Avik Bhattacharya and Professor Joe Barry. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed today, you will find more information on our website at alcoholireland.ie or you can follow us on our social media platform. If you're interested in the untold story, harms experienced in the Irish population due to others drinking, you will find a copy on the HSE's Ask About Alcohol website. Or if you'd like to explore some of Avik's work with the Institute of Alcohol Studies, you will find more details at ias.org.uk. Next time on The Alcohol File, we will be discussing Ireland's response to our continued difficulty with alcohol and our public health alcohol policy. When I'll be joined by another interesting panel of guests to discuss issues such as the objectives of its legislative framework, the Public Health Alcohol Act, and the progress being made on its implementation. Thank you for listening, and until the next time, stay safe.